0: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: I'm Tim Fitzgerald at
3: GoPowercat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening,
2: Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me is Michael Swain of Fog.net. And just a quick programming reminder, uh, next week will be our final episode of 2022, where both Christmas and New Year's fall on a Sunday, and we love you. We appreciate you watching, but we will not be here on those nights. Michael can come in i tell you what, Mike, just come on in and, and just hold a show by yourself. I don't think the viewers want that. They don't want me running solo. Okay. Well, then we just won't have a show. That's how it's going to be. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13, and, of course, answer our weekly poll question. And make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net and we start things off as we always do with our two-minute drill the first segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center
3: all right fitz well we are a week removed from kansas state winning the big 12 championship and earning a spot in the sugar bowl against alabama so how big is the opportunity for chris Kleiman's wildcats well it's
2: huge yeah i said this before the big 12 championship game that Kansas State has a real opportunity to really kind of remake its national exposure, create even more national exposure by winning the Big 12 title and then advancing to the Sugar Bowl and playing and beating Alabama. Alabama is a great team and there's no question that it is a wildly talented team, but they will have some players sitting out uh, because they're going to the NFL draft or just want to uh, make sure that they don't get hurt. And that's understandable, but that's part of the bargain when you recruit those level of players. Uh, I'll say this, if you stack these two rosters up, even if you wanna compare the one that Alabama will bring to the bowl game, not a single player on Alabama would have ever considered coming to Kansas State, and not a single player on K-State probably received an ounce of recruiting attention from Alabama. This still on paper is a mismatch. So if you can define yourself as despite not having the type of players that they have at Alabama, that you can play with them, that will really change how people look at you because this really is a developmental program. If you've ever seen a picture of Felix Anudike Uzama out of high school, you wouldn't <laughs> believe that he is the best defensive player in the Big 12 in a possible first or second round draft pick. That's how it works at Kansas State. You get the two stars, you coach them up, You beef them up and they play like four and five stars. Deuce Vaughn was a three star. So this game's really big for Kansas State Michael because they can show the world that having stars attached to your name by the recruiting companies like 24/7 sports isn't the end all of all that makes a great football player. You gotta go out and earn it. And Kansas State really wants to prove that they belong on the field with Alabama. Even if it's a little bit watered down Alabama, It's still Alabama. And when you can put that in your record book a year after beating LSU in a bowl game, Mm. uh, by the way, K-State's got a three game winning streak against the SEC. So this is a big opportunity for K-State.
3: That it is. I mean, you mentioned the player development aspect of it. Kansas State is a development program. No better way to show your development than by having your three stars beat the backup five stars at Alabama.
2: Yeah, it, it, it really is a great opportunity. They are so that it's amazing. Well, Michael, Kansas demolished Missouri and Columbia yesterday. Mm. I don't think demolished is a strong enough word. Was that KU's best performance of the season? They just took them apart.
3: Oh, by far, and I think it's saying something when Bill Self even says that post-game. How many times have you seen KU dominate a team in December and Bill Self say, oh, we didn't guard anybody or we didn't make shots? No, this was KU's best performance of the season and the offensive execution early on was impeccable. Grady Dick, I mean, what an incredible player that Kansas has on the team right now. He's a freshman playing in his first true road game. So many signs in the Missouri student section involved making fun of Grady Dick, and yet he comes out, knocks down his first five shots, 12 early points, and it really set the tone for Kansas, where this is a game where so many players on KU's team was playing in their first true road game, right? You think about all the freshmen KU has, both Bobby Pettiford, KJ Adams, those guys, it was their first time being relied upon on the road, and someone like KJ Adams really stepped up. His improvement since KU got back from the Bahamas has been incredible. Before, you know, over the first, what, six, seven games of the season, he's averaging six points per game. Over the last three, he's averaging 13 points per game. And KU's doing it in an unconventional way. For how long have you seen Bill Self teams go through the post and go post up, post seal? KJ Adams is doing it with effort. He's rolling to the rim hard. He's setting really good screens and catching lobs. It's a different look for a big man that KU has had. And then, of course, you've got the guys that you know about. DeWan Harris, Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, Each of those three players was great in their own right. DeJuan Harris controlled the game while only taking two shots. He had nine assists, dealt with Missouri's pressure really, really well. And then you look at Jalen Wilson, really quiet in the first half, comes alive in the second half and still ends up with 20 plus points. He's someone that at this point in the season, you're looking at and saying, he's going to walk off the bus and score 20 points. And then you've got Kevin McCullough, who played his probably best all around game since he arrived at Kansas. So overall, this is a team that is clicking on all cylinders, heading into uh, its probably toughest test yet against Indiana in Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday.
2: Good games. These are great games for the fans and for the team. I'm so happy they renewed this rivalry, that we're seeing this. And K-State's playing Wichita State. Those those games
3: mean something to the fans. And I'm sure we'll hit on rivalries here in a second. But Fitz, Brett Yormark said last week that the Big 12 would like to expand into the Pacific time zone. Which school or schools would you like to see the conference at? Well,
2: I think it's pretty clear that he's, he knows something's going on with the Pac-12 contract. He wouldn't come bring this topic back up like randomly if he didn't sense that the Pac-12 media rights negotiations aren't going as well as they hoped, that they might be in jeopardy of not signing the type of contract that will retain members. So if that happens, I expect the next three or maybe four schools to join this conference to be from the Pac-12. And I think we all know the four corner schools are are most likely the ones to be in. And that would be Utah to join BYU, Arizona and Arizona State, and maybe Colorado. And they would kind of come into more of a a big eight type of scheduling with KU, K-State, Iowa State. Maybe that's what they're looking at. I don't know, but Michael, I'm excited to see where he takes this because The key here, the only way to really add more value to your contract is by getting into that fourth window. Mm -hmm. And they can do that with BYU home games, but those late night kicks are worth something that just another game overlapped in those first three windows, 11 and 230 and 6 or whatever they are, doesn't bring you. So getting that fourth window is huge for the Big 12, and he will do it.
3: And I expect it to be Pac-12 schools. Yeah, and Fitz, what's the driving force in all of this conference realignment? It's football, and what is gonna drive people to the televisions to watch football games? It's rivalries, and no better teams to add than Utah to get the BYU-Utah rivalry. Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona State has a new head football coach. Arizona's been really good under Jed Fish in his first two seasons. Obviously, Oregon and Washington would be pipe dreams because of their prestigious football programs, but they're probably waiting for the Big Ten. But I think by adding those three schools and heck, even with Coach Prime, Deion Sanders at Colorado, I'm sure that would drive some viewership as well. I think there are avenues that the Big 12 can take to really drive people to the televisions, which at the end of the day is what this is all about. It's getting people on to watch your TV, to watch football.
2: You know, one summer ago, when this happened to the Big 12, by the end of that summer, basically early September, they had expanded, they'd brought in four Mm -hmm. new schools. And the Pac-12 has not been able to do that. And I think that shows that even San Diego State is being cautious about joining a conference that might fall apart. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you
3: live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, well, last week's question was, once Texas and Oklahoma leave the Big 12 Conference, should Chris Kleiman be the highest paid head coach in the conference? A was the yes answer. It was a resounding success. Mm. 69% said yes, then no was 11%, and then let's wait a season or two was 20%. I think Chris Kleiman voted like
2: 73 times (laughs) in this poll. This week's question is this. Conference play is just around the corner in Big 12 basketball. Who will win the Big 12 this season? Here are your answers. Texas, Baylor, Kansas, or other. Vote on our Twitter
3: page at TheDrive13. All right, well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive.
1: Welcome back to the drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com.
2: Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. In this segment of the two-minute drill, is sponsored by Copeland Insurance
3: Agency, part of your community for more than sixty years. All right, Kansas State basketball smoked Incarnate Word on Sunday, ninety-eight to 50. Fitz, what is Jerome Tang's first K-State team learning from this non-conference schedule?
2: That they're a lot better than Incarnate Word, which was awful. But look, they inherited this schedule. They only added the Cal road game to the schedule that was already in place for this program. And I sense that Jerome Tang's a little bit tired of these games. Yeah, they're nine and one. They only have a loss at Butler, which was of course in the, the Big East challenge or whatever they call that thing. So they do have a loss. They did fail a test, but for the most part, this team is just kind of cruising by playing teams that they should do this to. And they just took apart incarnate word. And part of that was because this K-State team has this whole nother level that it could play at. It, it really has an offensive ability to really blow things open during streaks. And they shot almost 60% from the field. They had assists on about two thirds of their, their buckets in this game. They had numerous dunks. They just really were uh, aggressive throughout this game. And they got away early and kept pulling away in the second half. And in fact, I think they scored the first like 22 points of the second half. This was a mismatch. Now, next Saturday, they will be in Kansas City. They will play at the T-Mobile Center or the Sprint Center as old people like to call it. Um, And they will get Nebraska. And Nebraska finally is showing signs of life under Fred Hoiberg. That will be a little bit better test. But this, this was awful, and they've got another awful one coming up after the Nebraska game before they start the Big 12 play on December 31st with West Virginia. Oh yeah, that's the same day as the Sugar Bowl, so that'll be an interesting thing for K-Staters to try to cope with. But they're in a phase here where they just can't do anything silly, get anyone injured, and maybe play poorly. They need to just continue to play their game and get these games behind them because when they get to the Big 12 they're going to wish they were playing Butler again because these teams are going to be really good and if this team hasn't learned valuable lessons that will translate to the Big 12 by beating these bad teams then well it's going to be a long Big 12 season because they made winning look awfully easy on Sunday.
3: And Fizz, we've talked a lot about confidence on this show yep. and that's what K-State has to do build as much confidence yep. as possible so when this tough Big 12 schedule comes there's some resiliency built up. Yep, I totally agree.
2: Well, it's recruiting season for the Kansas football staff as National Signing Day approaches. Michael, what do you
3: view as KU's biggest off-season needs? Well, it's a different position for KU fans now where you're not looking at having to overhaul the roster. You need to find a couple pieces on both sides of the ball that can elevate your team. I think it really starts defensively for Kansas. You look at the unit last year, KU was really, really old along the front four. You have Three of your top defensive tackles are now going to leave and KU likes to play six defensive tackles so you're going to lose half of your players at that position. Sam Burt was a really solid player, Caleb Sampson and Eddie Wilson had really good seasons too. KU needs to find replacements for those players and I think they're going to have to go to the transfer portal and this is where Lance Leipold's coaching staff has done a really good job. They've gotten really good players from the transfer portal in the past and they have to do that at defensive tackle. They had some visitors on campus, a lot more this week, and that's going to be a huge need for them to fill. I think athletically, they need to improve overall on defense. You saw when KU went up against superior teams, fast teams, TCU, Texas. They really struggled to keep pace, and that's going to be a big need on defense. On offense, you can kind of pick your spots here. You've already got a former five-star commit in Logan Brown, an offensive tackle coming over from Wisconsin. You have to make sure he gets on board he's likely gonna fill the need that Earl Bostick leaves as your starting left tackle. Well, outside of that, you probably need another wide receiver that's gonna be explosive, because I think at times this season, K's wide receivers were good, but consistently explosive would not be the right word to use to describe them. So go out and get yourself a guy that's a slot guy that can go run fast downfield. It seems very simple, but this is the type of thing that can help unlock another level to the offense. You know what you have in the running game with Devin Neal, Daniel Highshaw, Kai Thomas, Sevion Morrison, and even Jalen Daniels. You need to add more explosive playmakers on the outside. So when you do go up against a TCU, a Texas, even a Kansas State, you can have a two-play drive or a three-play drive. Right now, KU has to work really hard and execute for long periods in order to score touchdowns. They need to get more explosive players on offense for that to happen. So for me, I think wide receiver and I think defensive tackle are the two biggest needs for Kansas. Yeah, the
2: transfer portal's changed everything. At this time of year in the past, it would all be about recruiting. Mm-hmm. And now you got the transfer portal. And, oh, yeah, you kind of have to recruit your own guys yeah. to stay and not get into the portal. And you've got players declaring their COVID year saying, hey, I want to come back for a fifth season. That counts into your 85 scholarships. I don't know how coaches are doing it. I, I, I it's, it's just got to be mind-numbing, trying to keep track of everything. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Dara's Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. Well, Michael, Missouri football coach Eli Drinkwitz held up a sign at the Mizzou KU game, making fun of Kansas' Kansas's ongoing NCAA investigation. Tasteless or fair game?
3: I think in somewhere in between, I think as a head football coach, especially if you wanna talk about the SEC and it just meaning more, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. And I think stooping to the level of going into the student section and holding up a sign talking about Kansas' five level one NCAA violations, that's great for a student to do and perfectly fine. But for the head football coach to do that, like Fitz, imagine if Lance Leipold did this, it would never happen. Lance Uh, Leipold would not do that, you know where Lance Leipold sits with the rest of the fans and he cheers on the team he's not in the student section trying to draw attention to himself it's just very interesting the stark contrast and it's also kind of funny too that Drinkwitz is you know talk a lot of game uh what a a week after they dodged Kansas it's pretty funny
2: it's really strange unprofessional bizarre and exactly what I expect from this guy I'm not a fan of his And I don't understand why they've extended his contract, but good for everyone else. That's great. Now, let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal Arc. Retirement awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. And here is our fan question this week. Should I be worried about the Kansas City Chiefs after their near collapse at Denver? Tom and Lawrence, man, they were up 27 to nothing, Mm. Michael. 27 to nothing. And they win by six.
3: You worried? No, not really. I think you take your foot off the gas, and it's a little bit of a little brother mentality with the, the Denver Broncos too, right? They've yeah. not been very competitive, and you take your foot off the gas and you let it slide. Ah, it's a the Chiefs. They'll be fine.
2: Patrick Mahomes, three interceptions, but they have beaten the Broncos 14 straight times. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
3: All right, well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at TheDrive13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive.
1: Welcome back to the drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com.
2: Well, it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now let's take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House. Meeting your friends at Kites in the Draft House since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. And let's look at last week's results. The viewers continue to make the talent look bad Mm. or at least less talented at picking games. Michael and I both went 2-1, and and yet the fans are perfect because we think you're perfect too. Here are this week's picks, and these are all basketball, and we're going to start with KU playing Indiana. We've got KU as a a four-and-a-half-point
3: favorite. Michael, do the Jayhawks win by five or more? I think so. This is a team that seems like it's humming and Allen Fieldhouse in a big game like this. Really the first big game that K-Fans have been able to get up for. I think they'll win by five.
2: I'll, I'll just take Indiana be a contrarian. I'm just going to do it. You can't stop me.
3: Well, Fitz, I mean, you hit on this one earlier. Um, well, let's hit on K-State versus Nebraska. We're calling this one a pick I kind of think Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska might get the win. Yeah, this Fitz, is going to be think? an
2: interesting test for Jerome Tang and the Cats. Big mm-hmm. venue, big arena power five team this will be a good sign if k-state get this win i'll take the cats and our last game of the week is alabama against gonzaga future big 12 team huh we again we put this as a pick em. um this is a great
3: game uh your thoughts i'm gonna go with alabama they're coming off of knocking off houston the number one team of the country i really like what Nate Oates does and I agree, Gonzaga, that'd make a really fun Big 12 team. It would. It's a very interesting thing
2: that's popped up with adding a basketball-only school, and I, I don't think it's gonna happen, but, but if they do, I think they'll add more than one basketball-only school and maybe have an 18-team mm. basketball conference. It's that would gonna, be fun. gonna be interesting to see where that goes. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at TheDrive13. The Big 12 doesn't need to get better in basketball, for heaven's sakes. It's already killing me now it's time for our on the clock segment and on the clock is sponsored by carpet one by local for a strong local community and we're going to start off with michael swain of fog.net and for some reason we've got plenty of time michael
3: have fun well i'm going to talk about maybe a a little bit of a sad subject um grant wall a renowned Mm. soccer journalist passed away over the weekend um incredibly sad Uh, someone that was born in shawnee wrote the cover story about Mario's Miracle. Someone that has a relationship with KU fans, but I think more so known as the the voice of American soccer and to lose him so suddenly and so quick is obviously tragic, but I think to talk about what he has brought to the game, the beautiful game in the United States is incredible. Someone that traveled across to CONCACAF to cover games that nobody else wanted to cover. As someone that likes to consider themselves a journalist. I have so much respect for who Grant Wall was, the work that he did, and just who he was as a person. You saw the outpouring of love on social media from people that knew him, or people like myself that did not know him, but admired his work. Just incredibly sad. The conspiracy theorist in me would like to have it be looked into. Someone that was outspoken against Qatar days before his death, all of a sudden you know, dies and he talked about being sick as well. But I just overall pay my respects to Grant Wall, an incredible journalist and someone that I look up to as well. That's just awful.
2: Unbelievable. Well, the TV ratings for the Big 12 championship came in last week and they were remarkable. Almost 10 million viewers on average watched the game. Now, in terms of ratings, it rated a 5.3 and the SEC and Big 10 rated a 5.5. So it was really right on the heels of the two power two conferences as they like to see themselves as. The Pac-12 was next at a 3.3. That's how far of a gap there was between the Big 12 and everyone else behind it. The Big 12 continues to pull good ratings with teams that we were told couldn't pull ratings. Last year was Oklahoma State and Baylor, this year's TCU and K-State. They keep marching forward and beating back everyone's theories about why the Big 12 will fail. The Big 12 is extremely healthy And as we mentioned, they're getting ready to expand. I'm fired up to see where that takes us. On another note, Michael, we found out right as we began to tape that Mike Leach has had a serious health incident. We were saying prayers for Coach Leach, too. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.